0: Ideas come from your imagination, experiences, and observations, and your dreams are filled with determination. You just have to keep going. Welcome to Amongst the Books, a podcast for kids, by kids, and yes, adults too. Today we welcome bestselling author Wendy Mass. Wendy Mass is the author of A Mango-Shaped Space, The Candy Makers, Every Soul a Star, and the graphic novel, Lo and Behold. We were lucky enough to talk to her about her writing process, her inspiration, and her favorite pet. So let's dive right in. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of our podcast. Um, Today, we are welcoming best-selling author, and one of my personal favorites, Wendy Mass. Um, Wendy Mass is the author of Every Soul is Star, Mango-Shaped Space, and thousands of other books that I have come to love and enjoy. Um, So right now, I'm going to pass it off to my lovely hosts here, um, and we're going to be starting with Amira. Can you get started, please? Can I unmute my computer? Yes, you can unmute now.
1: Hi, my name is Amira and my question to you today is what inspired you to write Every Soul A Star? First of all, hello everyone and thank you so much for having me here today. I'm excited to talk to you about books and reading and writing and all that good stuff. So what inspired Every Soul A Star? So Every Soul A Star is a book about three very different kids who meet right before a total eclipse of the sun and how it changes their lives. And the idea for it came from kind of one of the three ways that I've learned ideas come from in the first place. And I learned this from the uh, wonderful author Paula Danziger, who wrote books that I loved when I was growing up. And she said that ideas come from your imagination, your experiences, and your observation. So I really have found that to be very true over the years. And for me, most of my ideas come from observation. So something that I see or hear. And in this case, I was sitting on my couch in my living room, my old house and looking out the window at night. And I saw that the moon was like orange. It had turned this rust color. I'm like, "What's going on?" So I went outside and sure enough, it was a lunar eclipse. And I'd never seen one before and started to think, you know, that's really cool. And then literally a few months later, like I jotted it down and a few months later, I was walking through my local Borders bookstore. So you know how long ago this was. Um I miss Borders bookstores. And saw a copy of a magazine um, called sky and telescope, and it had a picture of an eclipse on it. And it was an article about people who had gone to witness a solar eclipse and which is very rare compared to a lunar. And I thought, you know what, it's time to write my eclipse story. And so that's kind of my long winded answer to where the idea came from. and now I'm excited to try to see my second eclipse in April. If, you, if you're all uh, wanting to skip a day of school on April 8th, <laughs> I see some hands going up. Uh, on April 8th, um, there'll be one that goes kind of swooping across the country and we'll get to see it from, um, you know, here from New Jersey, we'll have to drive up a few hours to kind of northwest... Uh, New York is probably our closest area, but could be worth it. You, you know what's funny? I've
0: gotten to hear you speak, and you presented here years ago at Eastbrook and Westbrook. And I've read so much stuff about you. I never knew that that's what, what inspired you to write <laughs> that book. It took this podcast for me to under, to know that. So there you go. way to go, guys. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. So our next question is going to be by Anaya.
1: Hi, um, my name's Naya, and I was wondering, what's your favorite book and why? My favorite book that I've read or that I've written, because those are definitely different. (laughs) We can do your favorite book that you've read and then the one that you've written. Okay, so my favorite book that I've read, I mean, you know, every writer almost every writer i'm sure there's exceptions almost every writer is a huge reader first you know we fall in love with stories and then want to try making up our own so for me you know there's obviously lots of books that i love but the one that really stands out i think as the one that made me become a reader in third grade was the lion the witch in the wardrobe so it was the first book in the um chronicles of narnia series which they have now renumbered. So it's no longer the first book in the series, but, uh, but that is the order that I still think you should read them in. So that was definitely uh, my favorite. And as for what, as the ones that I wrote, that's, you know, a, a really tough question. And there's ones that were easier, ones that were harder, ones that were, you know, written at, you know, a an easier time in my life or a harder time in my life. and so they have different kind of memories associated with them. But I think the book that you know, 12 year old Wendy would have pulled off the shelf and wanted to read first is between the candy makers because I love candy and the um, this book called Pie in the Sky, which is kind of my only real science fiction, one of my only real science fiction types of books.
0: I, I love Candy Makers because every time I read that book, I ended up devouring candy. You, really- you kept, it, it was the the messaging, the subliminal messaging of just eat more candy. So I, I probably gained five pence, but it's okay. It was well worth it. All right. Um, so now we have our next question is from Aditi. Hi, my name is Aditi. And my question is, what was your favorite book as a kid?
1: So, you know, once I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I remember returning it to the library, my school library is where I took it out, and the librarian was waiting for me with the next book in the series, um, which was called Prince Caspian. And I just remember being so excited, like, it's a series, like, what? And so that whole series was, you know, among my favorite. I loved other fantasy novels um, by an author named Edward Eager. I loved Judy Bloom's books and Paula Danziger's books. So, uh, you know, kind of I was definitely the reader who would like read the box, you know, read the back of the cereal box like I needed to be reading something at all times.
0: Yeah, that was one of those series that I definitely like I read out of order, too. And wow. it, I started with the line "The Witch in the Wardrobe," and then I went back to read the first one. But then I jumped ahead, and I kept going back. And I I don't know why I did it. I think it was because of what was available to me at my library. So I was just kind of like, stick with the story, stick with it. Um. So yeah, but I I love that you got it from the library. Yay, yeah, Yay. Yay. Okay. Um. Our next question is going to be by uh, Angelina. Um. Hi, I'm Angelina. Um. So we're you write about like a lot of
1: different characters and were any of those characters based on people you know well what i try to do before i write each book is i i kind of fill out this questionnaire about each of the characters so that i can kind of help balance them out against each other like you want the characters to have things in common, but you also want sources of conflict. So, you know, if one of them is really messy, I'll make the other one really neat, or I'll make them both love Spider-Man comics, or, you know, there's something where there'll be a lot of sort of play between them. And doing that also makes me kind of keeps me from... Repeating the same kinds of characters. So, like if I give them a different kind of quirk or a different family setup, or they live in a different kind of environment, um, you know, they have different siblings, that sort of thing. So, that kind of helps make each character feel more unique. So, I might borrow a trait from somebody that I know, but it might combine with, you know, something that I make up. And I've learned early on, um, not to use people's names, because you might think they'd be flattered. But then it turns out if they don't like the character that they're named after, and then they think that you're trying to give them some like, insult, when really, you thought maybe they would think it was cool. um, You'd be wrong. So we have learned. um, I have learned not to do that. I
0: was about to ask, did we learn the hard way on that one? I <laughs> learned the hard way.
1: <laughs> As you say, there was three months of uh, a friend not talking to me. Yeah. And I didn't know why. <laughs>
0: oh, I, I remember this, this character list that you had shared with us. Um, and it was one I wanted to ask you about too. Is this something that you came up with on your own, like that set of questions? Or did you like pull from another source that you saw another author doing or something that you read another author that did or a teacher that told you about that. Cause I remember how specific it was and it really did um, help to hone
1: in on a character. Like you knew all the little ins and outs of a character. I truly do not remember. I have used that same list. I think I've added two questions in 30 years. So I just don't remember where I first saw it. I assume that I saw or was in a class that I took so many classes on creative writing, um, and I'm sure that somewhere along the way, I kind of just combined lots of questions about characters. And, and so the ones I've added sort of felt like different little things were missing, um, you know, to really you know flesh out the character. And right. I'm happy to send you the updated one. <laughs> yeah, I, it really
0: was something that I I found to be so useful when I I, um, I shared it with some of the teachers and some of the students. And one student came back and said it helped her so much when she was writing for a class. She's oh. like, I really got into like who my character was. She was maybe a little too much. I was like, okay, all right. It's <laughs> not a bad thing. So, um, okay. Our next question is from Alicia.
1: Hi, my name is Alicia and I wanted to ask you what made you want to be a writer? Well, I mean, when I was trying to think of what career I wanted. I kind of always knew it would have something to do with writing just because I was such a big reader. So I knew it had something to do with books. I wasn't sure what part of the books, even though I really liked to write, I knew how hard it is to, you know, break into writing and to getting your first book published. And, um, when I came to the school, you know, I know you guys weren't there at the time, I don't think, but, um, you know, I have this role of rejection letters (laughs) that I unfold and, you know, you really have to develop this thick skin when you're sending your first, you know, projects out. And you have to remind yourself that when they get rejected, there's so many reasons why, you know, publishers can only publish a limited number of books every year. And it's hard to take a chance on a brand new writer. You know, publishing is a business and they have to know that they can, you know, make money and sell books. So it's, it's a chance. And um, I'm very grateful that, you know, it's something that I was able to finally push through to make happen. And I think you have to really, really want it um, badly in order to kind of put yourself through that. So it, it took me a little while to figure out what I wanted to write, that I wanted to write books for, for kids and young adults. And I think it has to do with kind of the voice in your head. Like, writers have a different type of voice in their head that tells them like, okay, this sounds like what a 12 year old would say and think and feel. And this sounds what a 40 year old would say and think and feel. And I've just always really felt comfortable at that sort of coming of age, sort of 10 to 14 year old kind of range. Um, I think that's the time when books meant so much to me growing up that it kind of seems natural to, to kind of return back to that audience.
0: I do remember that giant role that you had, and all of the kids were just amazed by that because they all look at you as being this best-selling author that just has millions of books out there, and they can't—they could not believe that you had to go through a rejection process. They just were all flabbergasted by that. I remember that because that really was like a powerful thing that you showed everybody. So I just remember mm-hmm. the kids enjoyed
1: that. It's definitely a not—you know—a not to give up kind of message there um, when something's really important to you. It's 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 easier when it's important to you, I think, though, too, because you just keep going. Like, you just, I don't know, you keep going. No, exactly.
0: All right, we have, who do we have? Annalise. Annalia, sorry. Hi, my name is Annalia, and I would like to ask if you have a favorite pet.
1: Um, let's see which pet is in the room, right? now, (laughs) So the other one doesn't hear me. Um, well, right now I have a cat and a dog. And so I would, I would make that a tie. Um, I'll, I'll make one of each, um, one of each type of animal. So the dog, whose name is gambit because, um, gambit like a queen's gambit, a king's gambit is a move in chess and my kids, um, play on their chess team for school. And so they named him Gambit and then Nemo. I'm sure you can guess where Nemo the cat was named from. And uh, my kids also named the cat when they were maybe three or four years old. So our cat's getting old now. Yeah, but he's hanging in there. He's
0: hanging in there. So are you an avid chess fan? Are you a big chess player?
1: I cannot play chess and my kids have tried to teach me over the years and I think it's better that way that if they come out of a tournament and they've lost that I'm not like well why didn't you move your bishop over here <laughs> like this way I have no clue what happened in the game so I could just you know I don't have to be that like chess mom who's like why don't you do this or did you try taking that with this piece so instead I'm just like oh you'll get them next time <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like that. I've tried chess so many times and I am terrible at it. I was playing with some of the students here one day and I think they beat me in like three moves. I was like, I didn't know that was possible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's something called the four move checkmate.
0: Yeah. I just sat there and I was like, I don't understand this at all. So I'm just going (laughs) to lay down my queen or do whatever I'm supposed to do and stop.
1: They were just... Just joking, and they didn't really win, but you believe them because you don't know the rules.
0: Absolutely, I think yeah. that was it.
1: <laughs> you lost. I'm like, what did I do?
0: Exactly, that's what happens. Um, okay, so who is next for me? Um, Nisha, go. Hi,
1: my name is Maisha. Um, so I haven't read a mango. I haven't read a mango shaped space yet. So, is there like one thing that one intriguing fact or? Something about the book that would make a reader like me want to read it. Well, a Mango Shape Space was my very first book, and so the nice thing about that was that I didn't have a deadline to hand it in. You know, every other time when you start writing a book and then you get a, a contract for it and your publisher is waiting for it a certain time, that adds you know a little level of stress, but also of motivation. Um, whereas with Mango, I could kind of take my time with it. So I really found with that book that I spent a lot of time researching the main kind of topic of the book, which is a girl, um, which is about a girl who has synesthesia, which is this condition where your senses are kind of crosswired in your brain. So in her case, she would hear sounds or music or words, but sort of see bursts of colors and shapes in the air when she hears things. So I guess if that idea sounds intriguing to a reader, then that might be kind of a reason to read it, to just kind of see what it might be like to see the world in this kind of very different way than most people see it. I like that. So you're going to want to read the book now?
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, so we have Ayush joining us. He is at my other school. So Ayush, go for it, kid.
1: So my question was, um, what advice would you give to young writers and what would you say if they hit a roadblock in their writing? Well, um, hitting a roadblock in writing is part of writing. So I would start off by saying that, and that's okay. Because sometimes hitting a roadblock in a story is your story's way of telling you that you're trying to take it in a direction that it doesn't really want to go. You know, maybe your characters have outgrown the storyline that you were originally trying to tell and you need to kind of zig instead of zag or, you know, kind of add a new character coming in or, um you can sometimes just making something happen outside of the events. So like, say you're in the middle of, of a scene um, at a school playground, and you just can't think of where to go. You can make it rain. You know, you could make the, the good humor truck come up. Um, You can, you know, make a bear run across the playground or something. So that just kind of instantly changes the way the characters have to, Interact and what happens next. So sometimes I will do that. Usually not a bear, but <laughs> you never know. And as far as, you know, just general advice, definitely reading is clearly very important, but not only just for the fact of reading, but because it's kind of an education on its own. Like when you're reading a novel with the eye of a writer, You're looking at how the author is doing certain things, how, you know, what are they doing on the last page of each chapter to get you to turn the page and to keep going? How were they introducing the characters and what, what the characters look like? You know, what kind of, um, what kind of way are they kind of mixing dialogue and description? You know, if you're reading a book and it's just like going on for pages, describing like what the woods look out look like outside the window, you're just going to start skimming along. And so that's something you'll start to think, you know, when I'm writing my own story, I shouldn't put all of this just like description of the different color green of the leaves because that could be boring. So in that way, you start to pick up things without even realizing it. So I hope that helps. And then also just keep a notebook with your story ideas that you get either from your own experiences, from something you see, from something you dream up, and literally it could be something you actually dream. Um, Just write it down in your notebook so you have a place to go when you wanna write a story.
0: I love that idea. Always have something with you because you never know when inspiration might pop up. All right, we have another question from Angelina.
1: So you have collaborated with other authors um, and what was it like to, w- to write a story that way? It's really fun collaborating and that's something else that I would recommend um, if you like to write is find somebody else um, who does as well and you could try writing a story together. And it it's just like that whole two brains are better than one thing. It's really fun to just kind of like throw ideas back and forth, you know? Well, what if this, and then, yeah, yeah, what if that happened? And then, yeah, they could do this. And it's just kind of more fun than when you're sitting there doing it on your own. Um, but you don't, of course, have as much control over the story and the characters and everything as you do when you're writing by yourself. So there's definitely, you know, pros and cons, but every time I've done it, I've I've learned so much from the other person. Um, that is always you know, something I really look forward to.
0: That's awesome. I always try, we always see them working together. Like I have kids working together right now on one computer. So that's a good way to keep it going. Um, so we have one, time for one more question and we're gonna pass this one off to Andrew. So Andrew, you wanna take it away?
1: Um, okay, so what was it like to write a graphic novel? Ooh, writing the graphic novel was a total, totally new experience. So I had to learn a whole different format because when you're writing a graphic novel, you're basically setting it up like it's a screenplay or a regular stage play where, you know, here's the character's name and then their dialogue, and then here's description of the action. And then it just kind of keeps going that way. And so I really had to learn how do I tell a story where the art has to, you know, do some of the heavy lifting, like the art in a graphic novel has to tell some of the story. So there's some panels that are, you know, that don't have dialogue, that are just art. So I had to kind of look at a story kind of like you're almost like a director of a um, of a film kind of thing where you know, you kind of have this camera on your shoulder, like what what can I show in this in the scene that I don't have to tell? So it's just, it was really um, challenging, but really, really fun. And it took me a while to kind of get into the flow of it. But then once I did, it just became more natural. And I've written two now. Um, the second one is coming out next year. It's a prequel to The Candy Makers which is about kids making the world's best new candy. And so this is a prequel to that one. Great. I'm going to gain another five pounds
0: now reading that book. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, so Wendy, I just want to take this time to say thank you so much for joining us today. I want to be mindful of everyone's time, your time, the kids' times. I know a bus is coming soon to pick up some of these kiddos. So um, <laughs> I really just wanted to say thank you so much for meeting with us and answering all of our questions. Uh, these kids were very, very excited to meet you. I kept being told for two weeks straight. I can't believe I'm going to be getting to talk to Wendy Mass. So oh,
1: up um, nice to, to you guys. I loved your questions. Very so I'm oh, sorry. No, just I love their questions, and you guys have really insightful, thoughtful questions.
0: Yeah, they're pretty good at this stuff, and they're getting better each time, so. Um, All right, so guys, what do we say to Wendy? Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you, you, Wendy. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you again, Wendy. We really do appreciate it, and we look forward to all of your new books, and especially
1: that graphic novel. Thank you. Best wishes guys. Keep reading and writing.
0: Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Hi, my name is Analia and I would like to
1: ask if you have a favorite pet. Um, let's see which pet is in the room right now. (laughs) So the other one doesn't hear me. Um, well, right now I have a cat and a dog, and so I would I would make that a tie. Um, I'll I'll make one of each um, one of each type of animal. So the dog whose name is Gambit because um, Gambit like a queen's gambit, a king's gambit is a move in chess, and my kids um, play on their chess team for school, and so they named him Gambit. And then Nemo, I'm sure you can guess where Nemo, the cat, was named from. And uh, my kids also named the cat when they were maybe three or four years old. So our cat's getting old now. Yeah, but he's hanging in there. He's hanging in there. So are you an avid chess
0: fan? Are you a big chess player?
1: I cannot play chess and my kids have tried to teach me over the years and I think it's better that way that if they come out of a tournament and they've lost that I'm not like well why didn't you move your bishop over here <laughs> like this way I have no clue what happened in the game so I could just you know I don't have to be that like chess mom who's like why don't you do this or did you try taking that with this piece so instead I'm just like oh you'll get them next time <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like that. I've tried chess so many times and I am terrible at it. I was playing with some of the students here one day and I think they beat me in like three moves. I was like, I didn't know that was possible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's something called the four move checkmate.
0: Yeah. I just sat there and I was like, I don't understand this at all. So I'm just going (laughs) to lay down my queen or do whatever I'm supposed to do and stop.
1: They were just... Just joking, and they didn't really win, but you believe them because you don't know the rules.
0: Absolutely, I think yeah. that was
1: it. <laughs> you lost. I'm like, what did I do?
0: Exactly, that's what happens. Um, okay, so who is next for me? Um, Nisha, go.
1: Hi, my name is Maisha. Um So I haven't read a mango. I haven't read a mango-shaped space yet. So, is there like one thing that one intriguing fact or something about the book that would make a reader like me want to read it? Well, A Mango-Shaped Space was my very first book. And so the nice thing about that was that I didn't have a deadline to hand it in. You know, every other time when you start writing a book and then you get a, a contract for it and your publisher's waiting for it a certain time, that adds you know a little level of stress, but also of motivation. Um, whereas with Mango, I could kind of take my time with it. So I really found with that book that I spent a lot of time researching the main kind of topic of the book, which is a girl, um, which is about a girl who has synesthesia which is this condition where your senses are kind of cross-wired in your brain. So in her case, she would hear sounds or music or words, but sort of see bursts of colors and shapes in the air when she hears things. So I guess if that idea sounds intriguing to a reader, then that might be kind of a reason to read it, to just kind of see what it might be like to see the world in this kind of very different way than most people see it. I like that. So you're going to want to read the book now?
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, so we have Ayush joining us. He is at my other school. So Ayush, go for it, kid.
1: So My question was, um, what advice would you give to young writers? And what would you say if they hit a roadblock in their writing? Well, um, hitting a roadblock in writing is part of writing. So I would start off by saying that. And that's okay, because sometimes hitting a roadblock in a story is your story's way of telling you that you're trying to take it in a direction that it doesn't really want to go. You know, maybe your characters have outgrown the storyline that you were originally trying to tell, and you need to kind of zig instead of zag, or, you know, kind of Add a new character coming in, or um you can sometimes just making something happen outside of the events. So, like say you're in the middle of of a scene um at a school playground and you just can't think of where to go, you can make it rain. You know, you could make the the good humor truck come up, um, you can, you know, make a bear run across the playground or something. So that just kind of instantly changes the way the characters have to interact and what happens next. So sometimes I will do that. Usually not a bear, but (laughs) you never know. And as far as, you know, just general advice, definitely reading is clearly very important, but not only just for the fact of reading, but because it's kind of an education- on its own. Like when you're reading a novel with the eye of a writer, you're looking at how the author is doing certain things. How, you know, what are they doing on the last page of each chapter to get you to turn the page and to keep going? How were they introducing the characters and what what the characters look like? You know, what kind of um, what kind of way are they kind of mixing dialogue and description? you know if you're reading a book and it's just like going on for pages describing like what the woods look out look like outside the window you're just going to start skimming along and so that's something you'll start to think you know when i'm writing my own story i shouldn't put all of this just like description of the different color green of the leaves because that could be boring so in that way you start to pick up things without even realizing it so I hope that helps. And then also just keep a notebook with your story ideas that you get either from your own experiences, from something you see, from something you dream up, and literally it could be something you actually dream. Um, Just write it down in your notebook so you have a place to go when you want to write a story. I love that idea. Always have something with
0: you because you never know when inspiration might pop up. All right, we have another question from Angelina.
1: So you have collaborated with other authors um, and what was it like to to write a story that way? It's really fun collaborating. And that's something else that I would recommend um, if you like to write is find somebody else um, who does as well. And you could try writing a story together. And it it's just like that whole two brains are better than one thing. It's really fun to just kind of like throw ideas back and forth, you know, well, what if this, and then, yeah, yeah, what if that happened? And then, yeah, they could do this. And it's just kind of more fun than when you're sitting there doing it on your own. Um, But you don't of course have as much control over the story and the characters and everything as you do when you're writing by yourself. So there's definitely, you know, pros and cons, but every time I've done it, I've, I've learned so much from the other person, um, that is always, you know, something I really look forward to. That's awesome. I always try.
0: We always see them working together. Like I have kids working together right now on one computer, so that's a good way to keep it going. Um, so we have one time for one more question and we're going to pass this one off to Andrew. So, Andrew, you want to take it away?
1: Um, OK, so what was it like to write a graphic novel? Ooh, writing the graphic novel was a total, totally new experience. So I had to learn a whole different format because when you're writing a graphic novel, you're basically setting it up like it's a screenplay or a regular stage play where, you know, here's the character's name and then their dialogue, and then here's description of the action. And then it just kind of keeps going that way. And so I really had to learn how do I tell a story where the art has to, you know, do some of the heavy lifting. Like the art in a graphic novel has to tell some of the story. So there's some panels that are, you know, that don't have dialogue, that are just art. So I had to kind of look at a story kind of like you're almost like a director of a um, of a film kind of thing where, you know, you kind of have this camera on your shoulder, like, what, what can I show in this, in the scene that I don't have to tell? So it's just, it was really um, challenging, but really, really fun. And it took me a while to kind of get into the flow of it. But then once I did, it just became more natural. And I've written two now. Um, The second one is coming out next year. It's a prequel to The Candy Makers which is about kids making the world's best new candy. And so this is a prequel to that one. Great. I'm going to gain another five pounds now reading that book. <laughs> Perfect.
0: <laughs> um, so Wendy, I just want to take this time to say, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to be mindful of everyone's time, your time the kids times. I know a bus is coming soon to pick up some of these kiddos. So um, <laughs> I really just wanted to say thank you so much for meeting with us and answering all of our questions. Uh, these kids were very, very excited to meet you. I kept being told for two weeks straight. I can't believe I'm going to be getting to talk to Wendy
1: Mass. So. Oh, up um, to talk to you guys. I loved your questions. Very so I'm oh, sorry. No, just I love their questions, and you guys have really insightful, thoughtful questions.
0: Yeah, they're pretty good at this stuff, and they're getting better each time. So, Um, all right, so guys, what do we say to Wendy? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you, Wendy.
1: Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you again, Wendy. We really do appreciate it, and we look forward to all of your new books, and especially that graphic novel.
1: Thank you. Best wishes, guys. Keep reading and writing.
0: Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.
0: Thank you again to Wendy for taking the time to talk with us. We loved hearing about your process and can't wait to read your new books, especially the prequel to the Candy Makers. I know I'll have my candy ready. You can learn more about Wendy and her award-winning books on her website, and you can follow her on social media. We have provided link into the show notes. Thank you again, and until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep reading.